Our scripture reading comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 26. Then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, sit here while I go over and pray. He took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be grieved and agitated. Then he said to them, I am deeply grieved even to death. Remain here and stay awake with me. And going a little farther, he threw himself on the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Yet not what I want, but you want. Then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, So could you not stay awake with me for one hour? Stay awake and pray that you may not come into the time of trial. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, he went away for the second time and prayed, My father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. Again, he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy. So leaving them again, he went away and prayed for the third time, saying the same words. Then he came to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and taking your rest? See, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Get up. Let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. We pick up right where we left off last night. Last night, we witnessed Jesus declare what love looks like in action. We see him wash the feet of his disciples, literally doing a job of a servant. And he eats with them. In the anticipation of his death, he breaks bread with them and tells them that his body will be given for them. And then he takes the cup and proclaims that it will be his blood shed for the forgiveness of sins. He tells them to remember him whenever they break bread together. The disciples, they know something big is happening. He told them that one of them has betrayed him. He tells Peter that later he will deny him. And Peter doesn't think he could do such a thing. And he shakes his head and tells Jesus of his loyalty. That he will never deny him. And in the passage that we just read, Jesus takes Peter, the sons of Zebedee, who are James and John, to Gethsemane. If you were to ask those three, they would claim to be Jesus' ride or die disciples. Ride or die is a term that youngsters these days are using to describe a friend who is willing to do anything for them. It is the person who you stand by in any problem or vice versa. Jesus really likes these three. Just a few chapters before this, these are the three Jesus took up to a mountain where they saw Jesus be transfigured. He was dazzling white and talking to Moses and Elijah. So yes, these three and Jesus have been through a lot together. So they go and retreat once more. Jesus and his ride or die disciples. They get to where Jesus wants to be 
and he tells them to keep watch. He goes and prays and comes back and finds them sleeping. Can't you stay awake for an hour, he asks them. And he goes and prays once more. And he returns and he finds them sleeping again. He leaves them be and goes to pray a third time. And when he comes back, he finds them sleeping. And he says, are you still sleeping and taking rest? We often see this passage and we give the disciples such a hard time for sleeping. It feels like they do not care at all. But I don't think that is completely fair to these disciples. They do care. Again, they would argue that they are Jesus' ride-or-die disciples. Yet they have had a long week. They're scared. And it's probably really late at night. They try to stay vigilant, but their bodies couldn't take it anymore. And little by little, they begin to fall asleep. You see, this passage is not so much about the disciples, but more so about Jesus. Jesus finds his disciples in a similar state that he is in. They have a willing spirit, but their flesh is weak. They want to stay vigilant, but they are tired. Jesus is also willing but his body challenges that willing spirit. And you cannot fault Jesus for rebuking them. He's agitated. He is scared. He knows his death is coming. He assumes that it will be a brutal and painful death. The first time he goes and prays, he asks, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Yet not what I want, but you want. It is as if he was saying, God, if I don't have to die, please don't let me die. Please don't let me die. One of my favorite movies is a movie called Stranger Than Fiction. In full disclosure, I am going to give away some spoilers, but you should still see the movie. In the movie, Author Karen Eiffel is writing a fictional story about Harold Click. But what she does not know is that Harold Click is an actual human being. And everything she is writing about him is actually happening. He hears her voice in his head as she types each and every word. She writes about him brushing his teeth as he is doing it. He describes this to his psychologist, and she's worried that the voice is telling him things to do. And he refutes it by saying, no, this voice is not telling me what to do. It is narrating what I am doing, and with a much better vocabulary. What troubles Harold, though, is that as he is brushing his teeth, the narrator in his head says, little did he know that the simple, seemingly innocuous act would result in his imminent death. The voice is telling him that he will die. He knows that he will die. Eventually, he's able to locate the author, Karen Eiffel, and he begs her to not kill him off. Please, don't let me die. Write a different story. She had not finished writing the story, but had some notes on how it would end. 
So she hands Harold the manuscript and notes, and he reads it in one sitting. For hours, he rides the bus, reading and reading. He comes back to Miss Eiffel and tells her, you have to finish the story. It's beautiful. I do not know what happens with Jesus while he is praying. But his original prayer starts off by saying, if I don't have to die, please don't let me die. And his prayer turns into, if this is the only way, then your will be done. It is as he is coming to terms that this is the only way. He comes to the disciples and he tells them that the hour is coming. The one who betrayed him is coming with the guards. At this point, Jesus can run. Jesus can hide. Jesus can fight back if he wants to. But instead, he says, the hour is at hand. The betrayer is coming. Who is this man? Who is this Christ? Who is this God that knows his death is coming and willingly does what Harold Click says to Miss Eiffel? You have to finish the story. It's beautiful. Amen.